my name is Julie Turney, and this is the HR Sound Off Podcast Show, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent topics and trends as it relates to our professions. We're going to have amazing conversations with HR professionals from all over the world, get to learn their origin stories. How did they get into this profession? What do they love about being here? And how they want to set the record straight on that one misconception that really drives them crazy about our profession. Are you ready? I'm ready. Then let's sound off. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of HR Sound Off. Today, I am joined by one of my very dear friends, Lotus Buckner. Lotus, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, my friend. How are you, Julie? I'm doing great. All the better for seeing and hearing you. (laughs) Back at you. It's been a while. (laughs) It has. We've been a little bit busy, huh? (laughs) Yeah, life has been happening. We should, we need to talk about that. Like, what's been going on with you, my friend? (laughs) Oh my gosh, so much. Um, New job, moved to a new state Mm -hmm. with a new baby. (laughs) Wow. You've been busy. You've been it's busy. Been fun though. Life is good. That's good. Well, let's let's get right started. Get let's just get right into it. First question: Who is Lotus Buckner? Who are you, girl? What do you do? And how did you get here? Yes. Well, Lotus Buckner. I um, am a human resources leader and executive, and. Um, Spent most of my career in human resources, did three years in IT as well, which was really fun. And um, I would say made me a better HR person too. Mm -hmm. So that's been a lot of fun for me. Been leading HR teams for many years now and loving every second of it. Um, Mm -hmm. Love the leadership part of it, probably more so than the HR part of it. Wow. I get that. <laughs> yeah. And also have my own coaching business. And so I run LB Talent Solutions, um, taking a little bit of a hiatus um, as I acclimate to the to the new role um, mm-hmm. and new organization. But mm-hmm. love doing that too. Love helping people just find the career that's going to be extra satisfying for them and really helping people elevate what they're capable of Mm -hmm. and helping people really be able to make some of the impossible possible things that he has barriers and helping them get past the barriers barriers so that they see that even if they don't have the experience the right experience that they think they need or Mm -hmm. the right education that there's still a lot of possibilities out there for them absolutely and there's nothing more satisfying than knowing that you've helped someone either find the job of their dreams or the career that they really wanted to get into and then watch them excel at it like there's that's that's where the money is for for all of us you know as professionals especially in the leadership space or the HR space and thank you so much for sharing that with us um so you you moved you moved locations you're in a new job tell us a little bit about that what's your new role what are you doing I am the director of talent management at the University of Wisconsin-Madison wow Um, 
so yeah, left healthcare, which I, I, you know, I love. Yes, um, I know. So it's uh, a new challenge, pushing myself out of my comfort zone, but loving every second of it. And mm-hmm. so it's exciting to be in a new industry as well. And um, love, love the, the good, the bad, the challenges, all of it. Yeah, that's great. And it helps you to grow. Well, I wish you all the best and every success in your new role. I know you're going to be awesome at it. But you talked a bit about, you know, being a leader and leading teams. And this is something that you've done for a while, Um, especially for us in the HR space. I know like a lot of the conversations that I've been having of late um, or seeing of late in different pieces of social media one of the things I know we as HR are struggling with is leadership within HR. Um, I see it, I hear it all the time when people are saying, you know, my HR leader isn't the best, you know, and you think for people supporting the people that you'd be good leaders. Yeah. We don't always set the example that we we do not HR. No, we do not. So we're going to have a conversation about intentional leadership, especially in in the HR space. Um, And I want to tell you a story. I'm going to kick it off with a story. So I, um, there's a group that I follow on Facebook. And in this group, um, one of the one of the members was saying recently that she was being bullied by her HR director. And so me being me, I was like, so are you going to address it? Like, you, that's a conversation you need to have with your HR director. Like, it's a courageous conversation, but it's a conversation that you need to have nonetheless. And the member's response was, if I do that, I'm, I know I'm going to lose my job. Ugh. And it, there was something about that lotus that just cut me to my core. You know what I mean? What is it that, I mean... You're going to have good and bad leadership no matter where you go. But if you have bad leaders in HR um, that make it even harder for your team to come to you to address issues, how do we how do we deal with that? That's a great question. And that's a deep question. It Um, is. (laughs) I think it all stems down to trust, right? I think intentionality is trust and Mm -hmm. You can't have trust if you're not willing to build a relationship with people and if you don't care. Mm. Um, you know, I, I love talking about intentional leadership because to me, it's not like this new leadership style. Everyone no. always wants to put us in a box, right? Mm. Like, are you a transfer are you a transformational leader? Are you yes. a leader? And you know, those are fine. Like, I don't think that there's anything wrong necessarily um with people being able to find something that they can relate to, but to me, being intentional is not another leadership style. It's really like, you know, give a, you know, <laughs> care. Um, if you yes. care, I think that you can be a really strong leader because if you care enough to build relationships and get to know people, not mm-hmm. just as their job title, but as yes. human beings, you, you build trust that way. And when mm-hmm. people can trust you, then you can, they're going to see you as more approachable. Mm-hmm. They're going to believe the things that you say that you're going to do them. They're mm-hmm. going to feel comfortable giving you feedback and speaking up against you even if yes. they 
feel like the direction that you're going is not the right one for the organization or for the employee, that's a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you've got trust, then you're, you actually encourage people to speak up rather than make them feel like they can't. Exactly. And, and I love, I love that. Um, because I, I, I want to say, I agree with you 100%, obviously. And when you're an intentional leader, it means that, you know, you have a measure of vulnerability about you that makes it okay for people to be able to approach you and say the things that you want to say. And I think that intention also fosters trust, as you said, you know, those things are, are, are really important. So then what, what is it? how can you go about regaining that trust? If you've been a bad leader, how do you go about transforming that and and becoming an intentional leader? Yeah, well, first of all, none of us are perfect, right? None of us are perfect leaders. There's no such thing. You know, we, we paint these beautiful pictures, but none of us actually fit into that box of being a perfect leader. So everyone makes mistakes and we all have blind spots, all of us. Um, no matter how hard we try. And so I think the first thing is recognizing that. So the trust allows you to receive that feedback, right? But when you receive that feedback, you have to do something with it. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to do something with what you hear. You have to look internally and be really self-aware and recognize it and admit it and then apologize for it and Tell people how you're going to move forward and how you're going to regain their trust. Um, it's service recovery in the end, right? Yes. I mean, oh, we're, yes, that's a we're, good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're, it's really just about service recovery, saying, I am so sorry. Um, this is obviously not my intention, but it's wrong and that's not how you should feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's what I'm going to do to make sure that that won't happen again. And then I would like us to have that verbal contract that if you see me going down the wrong path that you'll call it out right away so mm-hmm. that I can make sure that I'm shifting appropriately. I love that. I love that whole dialogue. Now that takes a lot of bravery and vulnerability for someone to be able to, to do that. Now what happened? Yeah, like, because that's not the easiest thing to do. Your pride, for number one, is going to get in your way. Yeah. Um, but Let's talk about vulnerability for a yes. second. So I think that is such an important, I don't even want to call it a skill set. It's mm-hmm. part of being human. And like I said, you can't have trust if you people don't feel like you're human, if they feel like you're on this other level, right? One of the things as a leader that, is sometimes frustrating to me is that we treat leadership like it's so glorious. It's not a glorious thing to aspire to. No. And there's a lot of smart people that I've worked with who have zero intentions of going into leadership, even though they're amazing at what they do. Mm-hmm. And I always think that like, that's such a amazing thing to know about yourself, wow. right? Because we glorify it and make it mm-hmm. seem like that's the only way you're allowed to grow in an organization. Yeah. And it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so first, like, it's not glorious. And second, no. you have to be vulnerable so that people don't see it as this glorious thing because mm-hmm. we're, we put on our pants the same way as everyone else. And um, 
if your staff can be vulnerable, you can too. Like that's mm-hmm. the only way people are going to trust you and, and see you as a human being and not, yeah. and then people don't expect you to be perfect either. Right. When you no. act like you don't do anything wrong and you act like you're the boss and like you make every decision and mm-hmm. everything revolves around you. Right. Like people are going to treat you a certain way too. Right. The, the, yes. Then there's going to be higher expectations for you and you're not allowed to make mistakes. Yeah. Like that where leaders are not allowed to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not allowed to be a human. <laughs> and and the, those are not very strong cultures. So no. I, vulnerability is so critical so I'm glad that that we're talking about that because yes I think that's a huge part of building trust and building relationships and really developing an authentic leadership yes I think it plays a, a huge role in in being an authentic leader um, because Brené Brown talks about vulnerability all the time and you know understanding that story Um, that you tell yourself and a lot of times um, we are telling ourselves a story that just does not make sense as a leader Uh, the worst thing you could be is a leader who's all do you know who I am right do you know what I've asked you to do like who do you think you're talking to like no one that type of leadership just should not exist anymore it's almost that that leadership comes with the micromanaging style comes with the not allowing the people to flourish and grow style like that's that is the leadership style that is of things past like it needs blowing up with a stick of dynamite being a leader doesn't make you better than anyone else right you just have a different job to do exactly and 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 you know what you're doing ultimately is that you're just delivering results through others leaders need people more than any other person in the organization everybody needs somebody but if you're a leader you're relying on a team which means you need those people to feel safe enough to work with you and produce with you great things if you are a douche for a leader like there's no way that they're going to do that you know and what annoys me even more is you think of those kind of leaders who take credit for work that they know they didn't do or you know you're the kind of leader who does as the example that I gave you from the Facebook group that I follow um, where you make your people feel so scared to even confront you that they'd rather leave a job than have that conversation with you Um, and I think that's such a sad thing because so many people leave good jobs because they're afraid to have conversations with the bullies at the helm yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I think we just need to have a different perspective about what leadership is, even mm-hmm. uh, fundamentally and at its foundation, mm-hmm. um, before we can really see some of that change happen. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this, Lotus. What what would you say to all of those people listening who are experiencing? bad leaders right now what advice do you have for them and what advice do you have for bad leaders right now who are not being intentional so well for the first part if you 
if you're dealing with a, a leader that is not optimal uh, and that you're struggling with, I think it's something that you seriously have to think about what's important to you and and to what level, because again, no one's perfect, but how bad is it for you? And how is it impacting you? Is it impacting your mental health? Is it impacting your physical health? Because right, those are, those are determining factors. Mm-hmm. If it's that bad, obviously the first thing we always tell people is have a conversation, like you said, with that person. But in my experience, when it gets that bad, we're past the point of a conversation and we're at the point where no job's worth your health. Your health is much more important um, mm-hmm. in the long term. And and I hate to say it, but sometimes when things get that bad, we have to think about, is it time to move on? Mm-hmm. I, I really do. And, mm-hmm. and that's a lot easier said than done, right? Especially if there's financial impacts to that. It's your family that's impacted. Mm -hmm. Um, And it doesn't have to be like you just go in the next day after you decide this and quit. You put a plan together. You start looking confidentially for another job. Mm -hmm. But if it gets to the point where it's impacting your health, I think it's time to think about, is it, is it time to move on? Move on. Um, to your second question, I don't know that bad leaders always know that they're bad. I think that's part of the problem, right? Yep. Is that yep. they're not self-aware enough to know that and or they're not listening to feedback about it, mm-hmm. right? Because um, I, I think the both of those things happen. I don't, I think most of us are willing to give people grace, right? Because we know no one's perfect, Um but a lot of times the leader is deemed bad because we've kind of given that grace and we're seeing repeated behavior and we've shared feedback and nothing's changing mm-hmm. or it's not um, being received well or we feel retaliated against a, a, a number of different things. But yeah. it's usually because there's been a, an attempt to, to offer feedback and to change that behavior and nothing is done about it and so mm-hmm. a lot of times if, if a leader's not willing to and this goes for anyone if, if any person is not willing to take feedback and work on themselves and look inward to see how they can make things better and what's in their control to make the situation or the relationship better then that's usually why people see them as bad yeah yeah a lot of times leaders, like you said, don't know that they're bad. Um, and I think for the minute that, for me, like the moment that I see like a pattern of behavior is to me, it's like something that's happened to me at least more than twice. And by the third time in my mind, it's like, okay, this looks like a pattern. Let me raise the concern. Yeah. But then as I raise the concern, what the words that I'm using to raise that concern also matter. Um, and I was listening to a video, I was watching a video the other day from um, that Galen Emanuel did about having these conversations. And he said something that was so key um, in terms of having the conversations. This is my perception. Tell me if I'm wrong. 
Yeah, one of the things I like to say is this is a story I'm telling myself because I haven't had a chance to talk to you about it and I don't know what your perspective is. Mm -hmm. So I'm being vulnerable here and opening that conversation up and I really want to hear how you're receiving our relationship and do you feel there's tension? Do you feel that there's anything, any issues, right? Yes. Yeah. And that makes more sense than just going to the person and saying, you know, you did this to me and I don't like that. Or do you know that you're this, you know, you're, you're a bully. Okay. So you've immediately put the person on the defensive, but if you're using words like what we've just described, um, it makes it easier for the, for, for conversation to take place. A person like, Oh my God, I never knew. Absolutely. Yeah. I've seen that happen too. So that's a really great point. Um, Mm -hmm. But right. If you go through that, that's usually when it affects people's mental health, right? If they go through that conversation and the person on the receiving end is receptive to it, Mm -hmm. they can resolve any issues. Absolutely. I think it's when you, you try all of these things and you feel like it's gotten nowhere. Nowhere. Things are only getting worse. That's when I see it actually impact people's mental health. Yeah. Um, and that's when it's a problem. That's when you kind of have to decide what's in your control to change now. Mm-hmm. Very few people want to be change makers, or should I say agitators? Like most people be like, I don't want to rock the boat. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to escalate this. I think I'm just going to move on. But the truth of the matter is that in doing that, we still left the monster behind. Yep. Yeah, it doesn't go um, away. It doesn't go away. Um, to anyone who wants to be brave and escalate it, what advice would you give them? To escalate it? Um, well, I think first, you it's some self-talk, right? Because you're right. I think there's a lot of people who don't want to rock the boat. And who wants to hurt someone else, right? Because it in that conversation, a lot of times we, we fear having a conversation with someone because we're also afraid though, even though we felt hurt by their behaviors, we also don't want to do that to others. Yeah. And so a lot of times that's where that fear comes from too. And so mm-hmm. I would say a lot of reflecting first and being self-aware ourselves before we approach, um, those crucial conversations with others to really understand what our perspective is and why we have it. Is it a story I'm telling myself or is this real? Yes. Is this something that actually happened? Right. Mm -hmm. So it's really being, having that honest conversation with yourself first Mm -hmm. um, and then escalating it to the next level and approaching that conversation that we talked about with the the person directly. Mm -hmm. And if you don't find that that's successful, yes. What are your other avenues within the organization? Is it your boss's boss? Is Mm -hmm. it, um, human resources? Mm -hmm. And And if it's happening in human resources, if it's happening in human resources and it's getting to the point where you've done everything you can in an organization, um, I think it's time for you to think about your next move. change yeah. yeah your next move mm-hmm. your, a place that you're going to feel valued um mm-hmm. and finding a new environment for yourself because yeah. 
it's not it's not worth our mental health nope it's not and human resources I think that's a profession where we feel like it's our job we take on a lot onto our shoulders right Mm -hmm. we take on a lot of other people's stories we take on a lot of other people's pain yes um we take on their conflict Mm -hmm. and and we think it's our job. Therefore, we're not allowed to have those feelings ourselves. We're not allowed to, to go through um, some of that ourselves. We're not allowed to admit that we're going through some of that ourselves, right? Because we think it's our job to help others. It's kind of like recognition, right? It's our job to recognize other people and mm-hmm. we throw their parties and we do all those programming and, and, and who's doing it for us. Yeah. It's that, it's that thing that, that we call um, vicarious trauma, right? Yep. But it's how do you um, recognize that you're experiencing that trauma? And how do you take time to take space for yourself so that you can heal from it? Absolutely. Um, so and that you can do, become is- self-aware, which is what you said. Yeah. And the other thing you can do right before you kind of leave a role is, is those self-care tips, right? Mm -hmm. Have you, have you done what you needed to do to take space um, and care for yourself? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes that's what you need to, right? Because again, no one's perfect. And maybe there are some situations where it's not so bad. You need to leave a job. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, two people who have very different styles and it's not that your leader is condescending or conniving or anything like traumatic yeah maybe it's just hard to get along with them Mm -hmm. or something right and sometimes all you need to kind of get through that is a little bit of of self-care and sometimes that self-care can and self-reflection can help you have a conversation with them and and both of you can make changes right sometimes it's about what can I change as well to make this situation better better so I think that's another thing that people can try depending on the situation I agree with you I couldn't agree with you more sometimes you just need to step back yeah step back take a moment try to really understand what the whole situation is and then you know kind of work from there to understand okay what do I need to do to make this either improve this um is this is this you sometimes I say to people you have to do like a you have to do like that pro and con list like what are the pros of, of working here and working in this role I'm working with this leader and what are the cons of not doing any of these things um and sometimes when you realize that the pros outweigh the cons then you start to think about so what are the things that really bother me sometimes you have to filter it down and then you go okay so now I figured out the things that bother me how do I provide coping mechanisms for these particular things if it's not in my control can I let it go if it's in my control what can I do um and then kind of breaking it down like that so that you're able to really get a holistic perspective of the situation as it is existing in in that moment for sure right and what is the how's it really impacting you right Mm -hmm. because we all have hard days at work and sometimes the hard things are things that we're at are actually exciting Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um like I'll talk about myself for an as an example 
a lot of times my whole career, I've had employees, co-workers, peers, leaders, everyone kind of say to me, you know, how long do you think this is going to last? Like you're going to get burned out the rate that you're going. Mm -hmm. And that's them projecting something on me, right? Because in their mind, oh my God, if I was doing all of that, like I I would get it exactly. But for me, like, yes, those moments sometimes can be really stressful and you have a million things on your plate and you have to multitask and you have 50 million projects. But to me, that's motivating. Like that's exciting as well, even though in the moment, like I'm able to recognize that I actually do better in those environments. Yes. You you know what works for you. Yeah. And so we also can't, I think this happens a lot of times too, is we can't project our feelings and our expectations on others because Mm -hmm. we all respond to things very differently. Yes. And I see that happen a lot in the workplace as Mm -hmm. well, right? Even when people make grievances, right? Like there's always this statement of all my coworkers agree. And when you do an investigation, a lot of times- Nobody agrees. They don't, (laughs) you know? yes. Either they weren't comfortable telling you that um, or they felt bad or you misinterpreted them. I mean, I've seen it go a million different ways, but yeah, yeah, I think we have to be careful about that too, projecting Mm -hmm. our own feelings and our own experiences onto other people. Definitely. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on intentional leadership. I think that um, it's something that's really important for us to understand, whether it's us supporting leaders from the HR space or even for us as ourselves as leaders in HR, I really do appreciate your your insights where that is concerned. Thank you. Always great to talk to you, Julie. Tell me, what are you reading, watching, listening to right now that you'd love to share with our audience? Oh my gosh, my reading list, Julie, is so long. I have not been able to pick up a book in so long just Uh because all the changes that are going on in my life. But I would love to get to that reading list. But I, I love listening to your podcast. I love listening Thank to you. HR Social Hour. I know, it's um, amazing. That... Gosh, what else? I do love my podcast, so I still try to keep up with those. Um, How I Built This is a really fun one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Those are probably some top ones that I listen to. Nice, nice. Thank you for sharing. I'll share those in the links um, in the comments when you when we're sharing this episode um that question here it comes what is the biggest misconception about hr that really bothers you that you want to set the record straight on today right here right now (laughs) amazing question (laughs) i i think the misconception that bothers me is that we're often looked at as the decision makers when we're not Mm -hmm. you know it's always like HR fires people HR hires people HR um, disciplines people HR decides what my benefits are and most of that's almost true I know Um, and so really if if we all understand that human resource is a positive thing and it's to consult you so that you can make better decisions 
I think that HR would have a better reputation. And I think that leaders and employees across the organization would have a better relationship with mm-hmm. HR, right? Um, and so that's a big misconception that I'm always trying to break is, yeah. you know, we want to help you. We want you to under, of course, we want you to understand risk because we don't yeah. want you to have to face some of these consequences, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why we're consulting on those things. We're not exactly. making a decision for no. you. No, definitely not. And it annoys me when managers then go to their people and they go, well, HR said this or HR yes. HR made me do this. HR made me do that. Like it's leaders hiding behind HR. That really bugs me. And then employees come back to you and they go, well, my manager said that you said, like, no, 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 no. Hold the phone. That's not what I said. (laughs) Yeah, that's a pet peeve of mine too. Mm -hmm. Um, but everything is a two-way street, right? I also think Absolutely. that we have to be really strong consultants and we have to be, you know, good HR partners and we have to help leaders understand and get comfortable mm-hmm. with why the recommendations we're making are being made yeah. and really helping them get to their own decisions about it mm-hmm. and feel confident in those decisions, right? Because a lot of times those people make those comments because they're not confident in the decision. That exactly, exactly. So yeah, I agree with you. And it's all in the messaging. That's all in the messaging. Lotus, you survived your time in the same bus, and I want to thank you so much. Well, being <laughs> it was so here fun. today um, and having this conversation with me that was long overdue uh, <laughs> I'm so glad that we were able to have this conversation despite your busy schedule thank you my friend I wish you all the best in your new role your new city new life um, I am looking forward to being able to see you back at your round table, having those conversations. And I know there's a lot that we more that we could talk about. So you have an open invitation. You are, you can be back here anytime you want. Thank you, my friend. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us in the sound booth today. I hope that you found this information from this episode useful. You can find me on all social media platforms at I am Julie Turney. That's I am Julie Turney. And you can find this episode or this show on most digital platforms, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Thanks to Anchor FM and Rock Solid Entertainment for helping me to put this content together for you. And I will see you again in the next Sound Off.